Good morning church, it's great to be online here with you again and welcome to our online service this week. Hey, I hope you are doing well. We've started our 21 days of prayer and fasting and I'm very excited to be sharing a word with you this morning that I really believe God has been again stirring in my heart this week as we've just entered this fast. And so I pray that you've had some time to worship or maybe you want to worship after the word this morning. Uh, you can use your own worship. Um, I think it's so powerful when we actually try and have a service at home so that we stick to our kind of spiritual routine because we know, as we said a couple of weeks ago, that there is so much power when we worship and when we praise God, especially in this season. Amen. And so I want to encourage you, our notes again is on the Bible app U version, so you can follow along on there. And then also we will be receiving communion today because it's again the first Sunday of the month. And so right at the end of the sermon, I will lead us in communion and we will just receive our elements together. So as I just pray, as we get into the word this morning, you are welcome to prepare and get your goodies ready. All right, why don't we just pray as we, as we enter into God's presence and into his word this morning. Father, we just thank you again for this incredible time, Lord. Again, even if it looks so different, even if it feels so strange, some of us might be watching live, some of us much, uh, might be watching afterwards. But Lord, we know that your spirit is always present. And Holy Spirit, I just want to invite you into our time here together this morning. Lord, I want to invite you to be a part of this. We ask, Father, that you would manifest yourself, your presence, your peace, your joy, Lord, in every home, in every living room, in every bedroom, wherever people are watching from. And when they are listening to my voice this morning, Lord, that I pray that you would speak to them where they are at, Lord. That you would speak a rhema living word into their circumstances and into their lives, Father. We need you, Lord. We need your presence. We need your wisdom. We need your guidance and we need your spirit more than ever before. And so we just thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We praise your name. We glorify you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. All right, church, are you ready for the word this morning? I'm again a little stirred up, a little fired up. But, you know, we started our um, 21 days of prayer and fasting on Tuesday this week, on the 1st of September. And uh, if you haven't watched Johannes' word that we uh, sent out on social media on the 1st, then I really want to encourage you. I think it will really prepare your heart and it would really prepare your faith as we walk into this journey um, together. Because, you know, I think there's something so great about online church. We can really go and we can watch, you know, church services from incredible churches and ministers, powerful ministers of the word all over the world. But there is something, and I think I've mentioned this before, there is something really profound and powerful when we stay connected to our local church. Because yes, as, as powerful as God's word is for the global church, who knows that God has also got a word for the local church. He's got a word for you and me in this season where we are at. And our word for right now, where we are at as a church, might look very different to the church next door. Yes, there is a global word, but I really want to encourage you. God has given Johannes a mandate for this nation and for this time. And I really believe, and we are going to talk about, you know, the prophetic words that God has given over to us as a church. And also the word that he's released all over the globe before the start of this crazy year. And I want to encourage you really make an effort to stay connected to our local words, to what God is doing with us locally here in Vintuk in Namibia, if you are part of our church community. 
and um, we will also put on his notes on you version so you can have a look and you can save the notes so you can always go back to it when you have time but I really believe there is power in the word that he shared and um, you know it's not too late to join us we are on day seven but if you if you felt like this first week was just a little bit crazy and you still are you know thinking of joining then it's not too late join us let us know if we can send you the PDF document with all the information about the fast, different ways you can fast. Um, we also have a church WhatsApp group that is for a news group for anyone that is part of our community here in Vintuk. And we are sending daily prayer points um, during the next uh, 14 days as we continue our fast till the 21st of September. And then we are also reading daily through the book of John. So we're doing a chapter a day and man, I don't know about you, but I've really been enjoying that. Um, Johannes and I are um, getting together in the evenings and then we kind of share and, um, you know, share with each other what God has been talking to us or highlighting to us in the book of John. And it's been incredible, just new things that God is showing us that sometimes, you know, when you read the word, you can read over it a hundred times, but then one day God shows you something completely different. So we've really been enjoying that. But what I really want to be sharing with you today is something that is really a continuation of Johannes's word last week. Um, and it's about the topic of prayer. But I'm not going to be doing a teaching on how to pray, different types of prayers. All I feel that the Spirit of God is really leading me to share with you today is to encourage your heart with faith. To encourage you that there is power in prayer and that we need to be preparing in prayer in this season. And, um, you know, as I was praying this week and I was really just asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want to say to us? I think all of us are at that place where every day we're like, Lord, what are you saying in this season? Um, it's amazing how crazy times like this really um, forces us to our knees and really lets us know, like, what is priority? Priority is to hear God's voice for every son and daughter. And um, I just felt as I was in prayer this week, I felt the Lord really speak to my heart in his still gentle voice. I felt him say, because I've been, you know, if, if you're like me, I've just been journaling as we started this fast. And there's a lot of things on my heart and, you know, on my mind that I'm really trusting God for. Um, and I've been writing all of that down and I've been bringing that before him. And I felt him just whisper so gently to my heart. And he said to me, pursue me and I will do the rest. Pursue me and I will do the rest. And I just thought, oh Lord, sometimes we can really miss it. Because what does the word pursue mean? Pursue means to follow. It means to seek. It means to go after, to run after, to chase, to gain, to attain, to accomplish, and to persistently seek. To persistently seek. And you know, church, when we launched in February, you know, we've been speaking about this idea of pursuing but pursuing the kingdom. Our vision as a church, we constantly speak about it because we believe it's so important that we don't lose track and we don't lose focus of what God has called us to do. And no pandemic is going to change the vision. No pandemic is going to change the mission. It may change the methods, but it's not changing what God has called us to do. And we've been speaking about pursuing the kingdom. Um, we've been looking at the early church and you know, just after this, the first lockdown, Johannes and I did a message together when we were doing in-person church and we spoke about the early church. We went back to Acts 2.42 where it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to community, doing life together, not living alone, not hiding away from people, 
to breaking bread, fellowship, doing life together, spending time with one another, helping one another, praying for one another. And number four, they devoted themselves to prayer. And you know, as we've been journeying with that, I really feel like God has been telling us in Really, since we've launched, Johannes and I have been focusing on teaching foundational kingdom principles. Because sometimes when God wants to advance us and when he wants to build on something that we really feel like he's saying, we need our foundation strong. Amen. We need to make sure that the basic principles of the word, we know them, we are following them, we are practicing them. And so sometimes I think we can think of these things of being so elementary and so foundational. But Jesus said in in Matthew, if our foundations are not strong, as I said two weeks ago in the sermon about the storm, if our foundations are not strong and the winds come and the storms come, like right now, then it will blow us away. We will not have strong enough roots to contain and to stay strong and to stay in faith and to remain standing. And so I really believe like, this is a season where we are going back. And so, so today's word is nothing new. I'm simply going to remind you, I'm going to get your heart and your faith focused again on the kingdom of heaven. And we are going to remind ourselves of the word that God has spoken to us. We are going to remind ourselves of the word that he has spoken to the world at this time. And we are going to remind ourselves of the power of prayer that we are to prepare ourselves. And that's why I feel What God has led Johannes into in this 21 days of prayer and fasting is definitely a move of his Holy Spirit, is definitely something that we need to take seriously and that we really need to be focusing on. Amen. And so we are really going to be focusing on going back to what was the word that God really spoke to us. And I want to encourage you, if you've been in our services, many of you will have heard this, you know this, especially our team, we talk about it regularly because You know, the Bible says, without vision, my people perish and without knowledge, they perish. So we want to have the vision constantly in front of us. Um, I do this often. Um, Johannes knows whenever I feel like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just losing sight of, of what God has called us to do, especially in this crazy season where I think many of us can relate. You just feel like you don't see the progress. Nothing has gone the way you planned, the way you thought. Um, and, and I think people are sort of starting to fear the more we get to the end of the year, um, especially with schools. Uh, we've heard now schools in Namibia are actually going back. But, you know, there's so many repercussions and there's so many things of, you know, time that we missed. And, and so we can find our hearts often in a place of fearing. What does this mean? And I am always encouraged when I go back, I journal. I write down every word that the Lord gives us, every scripture that he gives us. And since you are part of our church community, I just want to encourage you in this time of prayer and fasting, as we are seeking his face, um, to just remind ourselves again, go back, remember, hey, what did God actually tell us? Just like Paul said to the people when he was on the shipwreck, well, the boat, the ship heading for a shipwreck, he had a word to go to Rome and the promise still came into fulfillment. It just happened in a different way and God used the storm for his advantage. So I want to encourage you. Okay, so I want you to stay with me. We are also going to, you know, do a little bit of a summary on this in the version notes. But the words over living with Namibia, the mandate, the vision God gave us, and this is a mixture of things that God spoke to me and Johannes directly. 
of dreams he gave, of uh, prophetic voices, of our church leadership that spoke into us, that prayed with us for three years. Um, since even our wedding day, over three and a half years ago, we've been receiving these kind of words. And you know, God called us a house of grace. And this is not specifically living word Namibia. God called us a house of grace where lost sons and daughters will come home. Okay, where people will be drawn and running back to the good father. It's like that story of the prodigal son. They will run back to the good father waiting on them. And we received many words to say that we need to be prepared because they are coming. We received Isaiah 58 verse 11 to 12, which is one of the key scriptures that we've been praying since before our first church service. And that scripture says the following, the Lord will guide us. And you are included in us, by the way, if you are part of our church community. The Lord will guide us in a sun-scorched land. He will strengthen our frame. He will, we will be like a well-watered garden, a spring whose waters never fail. People will rebuild ancient ruins. They will raise up age-old foundations. They will be the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets with dwellings. God has called us, and I have had this word, you'll see it all over social media, in my spirit for before we even started our services, a spiritual awakening. Okay, it is time for the church to arise, to wake up out of our slumber, out of our apathy. A spiritual awakening will be birthed through this movement. It will be like seeds under the ground, you know, work that has been done for years and years in this nation. Seeds that were buried, that were unseen. Um, is now starting to sprout. It will start to grow. It will start to surface, just like we are entering this new season of spring in the natural. It will be seen as the soft rain of the Holy Spirit drenches the soil. A spiritual awakening will start. Rivers of living water will flow from this church and from this movement, like the, like the rain in the desert, like water in the desert. Wells that have been dried up will be filled again with water. A river that won't run dry. And we know that that water speaks of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit awakening. We've received word that we will be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. The works and the power of God will be seen. Okay, there will be signs, wonders, miracles will follow as we pursue, there's that word again, the kingdom. And as we teach people about the kingdom, we will be soldiers raised up for a spiritual army, equipped in the giftings, equipped in the word of God, equipped in the truth. God's love will be felt tangibly. That word tangibly has been prophesied over us many times by people coming into our services, by people being taught in discipleship courses where the world maybe has judged people before. In this community, they will find love. God will show them his love and he will heal their wounded souls. So a lot of healing to be done before the soldiers go into battle. Lots of words we have received over the next generation. You know, when we speak about our children's church, there will be a move, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit over the children. Children will be seen experiencing the Holy Spirit in power. And we see this in our children's church. When they go into worship, they encounter, they see Jesus, they see angels, they experience the spiritual realm. Okay, they will lay their hands on the sick and the sick will get healed. They will prophesy. We receive many words of provision supernatural provision and resource to, to come in for us to do the work of the kingdom, for us to accomplish this mission. And the Lord said that we will watch him do it all. And we know that this is not just a word we receive for a church. 
It is a word God has given your highness for a mandate of the nation of Namibia. And we know that even one year ago, exactly to the date, it was August last year, I know we're already in September, but we were in Pretoria with our lead campus and we were having a prophetic evening and there were people there that were part of the church and they don't even know me and Johannes, we've never met them before. They didn't even know that we were going to be planting a church um, in Namibia. They had no background knowledge. Um, and in this prayer night, they started giving us prophetic words and they spoke over us and they said that we are going to be entering into 2020 into the promised land. We are going to be crossing over into a new season, a season of prayer. And they encourage us that we really need to be in prayer as a church community. We need to prepare. We need to prepare in prayer and we need to wait for the wave to come. And they really they really emphasized that there was going to be a wave. There was something going to be coming over our community, but it's going to be bigger than our community, like a wave, something big that is coming. But they really emphasized this idea of preparing in prayer. Does that not just encourage your heart? Does, does that not just lift your focus and lift your circumstances? Because it doesn't actually say anything that the world is saying right now. It doesn't say anything that our natural circumstances is telling us. And judge, that's why I want to emphasize for you today that we need to lift our hearts and our focus and our eyes back to the prophetic word. That's what we need to hold on to. And now I want to do this very briefly before I just, you know, end with a couple of thoughts of, of the importance of us preparing in prayer. But I actually went back again and I felt the Lord prompt me to go and look at what were the, some of the prophetic words that were spoken to the world by some of the most incredible prophetic voices, trusted prophetic voices all over the world, um, you know, um, and what were they prophesying over 2020? Remember, none of us actually knew about a pandemic last year this time. None of us knew about this craziness that, the craziness that was going to hit our world and that was really going to shake everything that we know. And... I came across um, some content that really summarized a lot of the prophetic voices all over the globe, including Africa. And this is what people were saying. And I've just done a quick summary, but I want you to listen very carefully. And I want you to recognize the similarity of things that were prophesied in 2020 that were prophesied over us as well as a community by different people, people who don't know each other, different times. And these words that I want to share with you now was already published on the 15th of January 2020. So it was in the start of this year. And I just, I don't know, but it just blew my mind. So I want to encourage you with this. Listen to this. Okay, so this is a mixture. I'm not going to say who prophesied what, but I'm just going to highlight a summary of different things. So some of them were saying that 2020 is actually the start of a new decade, which we know. But it's not just going to be a year, but it's going to be a decade of difference. It's going to be a time where everything will be shaken. Like the word in Haggai 2 speaks of the shaking of the nations. God didn't bring in the plague, but he is going to use it for his purposes. Okay. And they encourage the world, don't fear, but pray and keep on praying like Elijah prayed that there will be rain and the rain came. He prayed for the rain to stop and the rain stopped. One prophet specifically saw how the world will go into turmoil and how a global unrest will be among the public, globally in different nations, all at the same time. He saw a huge unrest 
and that during this unrest, God would reveal himself in new ways to his church and to his people and how God was going to do a spiritual reset among his church and among his people. They were prophesying that it was 2020 was going to be the start of a movement of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the biggest we have ever seen in the history of the world. And it was going to be an outpouring in such large fashion, especially on the younger generation. Okay, just listen to this. Our children have the Holy Spirit, like in Joel 2, it was prophesied that it will be poured out on sons and daughters. Children praying for healing and prophesying. This word was from someone in the United States. And we've been receiving that and feeling that for, for our children's church. So how great for that just to be in such alignment. There, was, there were a lot of prophecies of stadiums being built in this new decade for crusades, for evangelism, for billions of people to come into the kingdom of God. We are entering, it was also prophesied that we are entering into a time of shifting, okay, especially in the church. Who can already feel that? I mean, and God is calling us back to repentance. He's calling his church, his bride back to a place of holiness, of purity. And we need to hear messages on how to navigate these term, um, uh, turmoil times, how to handle crisis. The church needs to position itself in a posture of prayer. This was released on the, on, in January 2020. Heavy prayer, a season for prayer and fasting to release what God is going to birth in the earth. We need to return to the upper room. Where did the early church pray? In the upper room. And we're going to talk about that later. The glory of God is going to show up in prayer meetings. Angelic activity is going to happen and increase in people's homes as they get together to pray when they aren't allowed to gather. The glory of God will show up. The church will be shaken. The ground we thought we were walking on would be unraveled and we will come from this place of defeat into absolute victory. Amen. There will be a spiritual awakening across the earth. God is sending people like John the Baptist, prophetic voices to warn us that we need to listen. We need to be preparing ourselves in prayer, pursuing holiness, pursuing consecration, which means separating ourselves from the world. And we need to be pursuing the Lord in repentance. God is going to deal with sin in the church. Among church leaders, he's going to deal with social injustices like abortion and the distortion of sexuality the way he designed it between a man and a woman, a natural man and a natural woman. And we can see this already on the political agenda all across the world. It's going to be a decade of a transfer of wealth, resources coming into the kingdom and churches to do the work, to reap the harvest, to go and get the lost and to advance the kingdom of God. There's going to be huge changes in governments, in transfer of wealth, as we said. God's going to be releasing people that he's been raising up for years into the marketplace. He's not just raising up prophets and evangelists for the work of the ministry, but we know that the word says that we are all called to ministry. Amen. And so we need people, business leaders, we need entrepreneurs. And they were prophesying that God has been raising up people to go and extend the kingdom and to create the wealth to pour back into the kingdom of God. That is exciting. People are going to take their mandate in place in the marketplace. Then what, oh, what we've been speaking about here as well, they've also been prophesying that it's going to be a year and a season of acceleration. What does that mean? That means that promises that we've been waiting on, 
things that we've been waiting on to happen from the Lord will start to happen suddenly. There will be a quickening of things being released, a quickening of prayer being answered, a quickening of the kingdom being advanced. What used to take seven years will now take seven months. What used to take seven months will take seven weeks. That type of acceleration, promises that have been lying dormant for years will come into fulfillment. It will manifest, it will unfold. The waiting is over. We are going to be entering into the time where the Lord is going to lead us to reap the harvest. And I was actually reading this morning again where Jesus told his disciples that the harvest is ready. The fields are white. Church, we need to be so awake. The harvest is ready. We need to aim for the lost in this next decade. These prophets were prophesying. We need to aim for the nations. Church, God said in his word that ask me for the nations. In these 21 days, we need to continue to ask and appeal the Lord for the nation of Namibia, that it will be a God-fearing country. Amen. There's a sense of urgency in the spirit that we need to discern and know the times and seasons that we are entering. Um, this person also uh, prophesied a wave of revival unlike anything we've ever seen or read about in the history. We need to recognize the wave and it's like surfing. When you see the swell coming, you need, to, you need to paddle. You need to start to prepare yourself to ride the wave. We need to go back to the school of the Holy Spirit and our foundations. And um, I, I just believe that that is so exciting because I can see the absolute alignment of the Spirit of God. You know, none of them actually named the wave or named the spiritual awakening alongside the name COVID. But if you read through all of those things, if you go and listen to it, if you listen to the word that God has spoken to us as a church, you can clearly see that we are entering into the next decade, 2020 and beyond, that there is going to be a new thing that God is going to do. And I just really pray that your spirit would be awakened and excited as we hear these prophetic words this morning. So what do we need to do, church? What is the aim of my message this morning? I want to speak about preparing in prayer. And I want us to actually go back to the book of Acts. I know we are reading through the book of John right now, but for the purposes of this morning, and as I really feel God stirring our hearts in this season of prayer, we've got 14 days left. We are just really corporately going to be joining our voices, joining our hearts, joining our faith. We are not ignoring our circumstances, but we are ignoring it when we are praying to the Lord. And we are going to be preparing in prayer. We are going to prepare ourselves for the wave, the swell that is coming. We are going to take note of the prophetic words. And we are going to allow the prophetic words to shape us and to move us and to dictate our actions in this season. I really believe that something powerful is about to be birthed. And you know, it's not like God waited for a storm before he started working. I believe God has been preparing for years. I know just for me and Johannes in launching this church, he has been preparing us for years. He has been preparing you for years. Okay, there is an Esther moment. What, what was the word for Esther? She was being prepared for a time such as this. And she led her entire community of Jews into a corporate fast to see their deliverance of fasting and prayer. And she was being prepared to lead them for a time such as this. Remember early in our, in our church journey, I think it was before the lockdown, we spoke about the appointed time. You know, you know that God is an appointed time. 
And that's why we need to be like the sons of Issachar. We need to discern the times and the seasons. And that's why we are in a corporate community. That's why we are in a corporate family, to encourage one another. When I lose faith, you encourage me. When you lose faith, I encourage you. Amen. And so sometimes I think when we talk about the topic of prayer, for some people it can be a really overwhelming topic. Um, especially when we talk about corporate prayer and when we encourage people to pray for 21 days. And, you know, if you're not used to praying every day, then this may feel overwhelming. But church, we are not actually calling people to the ministry of intercession where you have to, you know, quit your job and quit parenting and quit your marriage just to lie in front of the Lord for 24 hours a day. If you feel called to that, by all means, (laughs) go for it. But what we are asking is that every one of us will just join in prayer in our daily lives, just like the early church did. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to the Word of God. They were devoted to their community and to each other. And so we are really asking you in this season, we are all finding the natural circumstances challenging, but don't pull back, church. Don't go into isolation. Become engaged. Be part of this community. If you feel like Johannes and I are your leaders, then buy into what God is sharing with us. Buy into, go listen to Johannes' word from last week. Journey with us because there is something corporately that God is busy with and you don't want to miss the wave when it comes. I believe we are already in this place of paddling. So we are going to look at the early church this morning and we are going to look at the birth of the biggest revival, I mean, in the history of the Bible. You can just read you know, how they went from 100 believers, and we're going to look at that, to 3,000 people in one day. If that is not a wave, if that is not an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I don't know what is. And so we are going to go back to the book of Acts. And so why don't you just turn, if you've got your Bible with you, you can read online or you can read in your, in your paperback. Why don't we just go to Acts 1, and uh, we are going to start there. All right, so now we are in Acts 1 and, you know, after Jesus ascended to heaven or right before he ascended to heaven, he said to his disciples, wait, because remember, now he's been walking with them. If you've been reading through all the Gospels, which we are now reading John, after we read John, maybe you can start in Acts. That will be a good transition. He has been walking with them for three years, teaching them practical ministry, teaching them their identity, their authority, how faith works teaching them about the kingdom, showing them how to operate from a kingdom perspective. And then he said to them, but I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. But don't go into, he gave them a mission, he gave them a mandate. And he said to them, don't go into this mission without receiving the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I just love this. So he explains to them, they need to wait for the Holy Spirit. We need to wait on God before we go into the mission. And it says in Acts 1 verse 13 um, that after Jesus ascended to heaven, they went back to Jerusalem and they went straight into the upper room. Remember, a lot of those prophetic words spoke about the upper room. The upper room is this place that's represented as a place of prayer, as a place of waiting on God, of submitting ourselves completely to Him and literally waiting on His Holy Spirit, waiting on His direction and His wisdom. And if you want to read along, Acts 1 verse 13, it says, And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John and Andrew, 
Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. Now, I just, I think that's incredible. And we've spoken about this many times as a church. They went to the upper room and what stood out, what, what did the writer here explain is that they were in one accord in prayer. What does that mean? That means that they were united. It means that they were all doing it. They were all participating and they were all engaging. I want to encourage you, church, please don't separate yourselves in this season. Please don't drift away. Please don't allow yourself to just fall back into the rhythms of the world. No, this is a time where we need to go into the upper room, where we really need to prepare ourselves, where we need to pray in unity. Amen. In verse 24, they prayed and they asked God's help to choose a replacement for Judas. So what am I going to do now? I just want to encourage you about the power of prayer and the role that prayer played in the early church, of how they were continuously in the upper room. It says that they devoted themselves to prayer and they were constantly praying. Prayer was the, how can we say it? It was the foundation of what the early church was born out of. Nothing happened, nothing moved forward, nothing advanced without the saints and the disciples and the people of God gathering together and praying in unity. I really pray that we will get that revelation this morning. So then in Acts 2 verse 1, if you read along, it says that they were again in one place, which means what? They gathered to pray. Okay, they were in one place and the Holy Spirit was poured out powerfully on all of them. Peter ended up preaching this incredible bold sermon, which you can read in Acts 2. And he told them to repent. He told them to be baptized in Jesus. And 3,000 people were added to them. Imagine, this is in one service, one sermon. And what preceded this revival, what preceded this outpouring, this birth of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the early church was prayer. I believe there are many factors, but I believe one of the most crucial factors was prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. And the Bible says that they continued in this type of prayer daily. Church, not once a week, not once a year when your pastor calls you to, to a 21-day fast, but they continued in this daily, okay? This is something about a spiritual discipline. It's something, you know, when you go to the gym, it takes, the experts say that it takes about 21 days to develop a habit. And um, I'm still trying. I feel like I keep resetting my 21 days of building this habit. But just like we set physical disciplines for ourselves, um, you know, for the way that we build our faith muscles or our real muscles, the same way we need to build and train ourselves in spiritual disciplines. And that's why a fast is so good, because it helps you to train yourself to pray. Because it's not easy. Our flesh doesn't, doesn't want to be disciplined into prayer. Our flesh doesn't want to be trained into a spiritual discipline. Okay, And the enemy will try everything in his power. And I want to warn you for this fast time, he will do anything in his power 
to prevent you from spending time in prayer, to, preve to prevent you from being in unity with your spouse, with your church, with your fellow believers, anything that he can use to distract you. He will try and do it because he knows the most powerful thing for a Christian is not the Bible on their shelf, but it is their prayer life. Because that is where the victory is won. That is where things get shifted and birthed in the spirit. And that is where we find our battles in our war room, if you will. And um, I find it amazing that that type of prayer that the early church had, as they were praying in one accord, as they were praying in unity, preceded every powerful work in the early church. Go and read it. Go and read it for yourself. Go and do. I'm going to name a couple of examples, but I felt like the list got so long. I would probably end up preaching like Peter all day until some people fall asleep. If I just name all the examples in the Bible of great works and powerful things that happened because people prayed. Okay, we just don't have time to do that, but we can probably do a series that will last us the whole year. But prayer in one accord, in unity, preceded every powerful work of the early church. There's the example in Acts 4. So there we have Peter and John. They were being forbidden, and this actually sounds so familiar. They were being forbidden to preach and teach in Jesus' name. And they went and they told the other disciples that this is what the religious church leaders had told them. They were being prevented. And what was their reaction? The whole group came together when Peter and John came and told them this. And the Bible says that they actually immediately went into one accord in prayer. Okay, Acts 4 verse 31. It says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Isn't that amazing? Their voices were being silenced. They were forbidden to gather in public and to teach and preach the name of Jesus Christ. And what were they doing? They, in reaction to that news, they didn't go on some sort of rally. They didn't go on some sort of Facebook rant. No, they gathered and they prayed and they said to the Lord, we know you are in charge. We know the mandate you've given us. We know the vision you've given us. And so God responded to that prayer. They resp he responded to their hearts. And that place was shaken and the Holy Spirit was poured out. Okay, church, we need to be praying and wait for the Holy Spirit to give us that boldness in this season. God is still wanting to do so much. And then it continues on towards Acts 6. And now the early church were really growing in numbers. It said that the Lord added to their number daily the people who were being saved. And, you know, it got to such a point where the church got so big that the apostles, who were actually supposed to dedicate themselves to prayer and to teaching of the Word of God, were now being completely overwhelmed with the work of the ministry. There were so many people that needed food, that needed shelter, and that needed clothing. And so the Bible says, Acts 6, verse 6 to 7, They prayed again, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them, and then the Word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So in that moment of the church multiplying, and where they needed to appoint leaders and people to help take care of the work of the ministry, they prayed again, and again there was this huge result. 
of disciples multiplying and of the church just growing because they kept God first. They kept going back in this place of the upper room of prayer. And so in this time, the, st- the church was actually uh, starting to be persecuted and all the believers were being scattered all over the different regions except the apostles. And as we read on towards Acts 7 and Acts 8, it starts speaking about Peter and John and how even in the time of persecution, they were still advancing the kingdom of God. And it, you can read there how they were praying in Acts 8 verse 15. They were praying for different people to receive the Holy Spirit. They were continuing the work of the ministry. Church, during times of persecution, this is the best time for the church to be advanced. This is the best time for the kingdom of God to be advanced. We need to continue to look for opportunities to pray for people. The world is hungry. They are fearful. They are scared. They are confused. They are disappointed. They are raw in this place of desperation. And I believe that's why Jesus keeps telling us that the harvest is ready They are ready for us. We just need to be in prayer and to hear from the Lord what we need to do. Amen. Maybe God wants you to minister to the person being really scared sitting at the till at Checkers because she has to be in contact with different people all all day long. And she's maybe not even sure that she'll be able to have her job until the end of the month. She needs the children of God to come and speak a word of God to her. She needs us to stand up and to pray so that she can receive the Holy Spirit. I pray that we will, we will really take this example of the early church. Then as we read further, there was the story of Peter who raised another disciple from the dead. Okay, it gets even more ridiculous. Um, her name was Tabitha. And the Bible says that she was really a devout woman, really a great follower and disciple of Jesus. And she died and they placed her in the upper room, which I thought was interesting. And Peter went up and he went into the upper room and it says the following, Acts 9 verse 40. But Peter put them all out. He chased everyone out of the upper room. And he knelt down and he prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And I just believe that's another powerful example, church. Prayer in the upper room preceded the miracle. Prayer in the upper room gave him the boldness, released the power of heaven into that situation where what was dead came alive, where what you thought was the end was actually the new beginning. Amen. And so it further goes on. Okay, we're now moving on. Acts 9, we go into Acts 10. And there's a story of Cornelius. Cornelius was a centurion. He was a devout man. He feared the Lord. He gave generously to all the people. He was a generous guy. And the Bible says that he prayed to God always. This was a man that was constantly in prayer. He got something about prayer. And while he was in a moment of prayer, he received a vision from the Lord in his prayer time. And an angel visited him and told him, and we're going to read Acts 10 verse 4. Acts 10 verse 4. And when he observed him, this is now Cornelius seeing the angel in his vision, he was afraid. And he said to the angel, what is it, Lord? And so he said to him, the angel said to him, your prayers and alms have come up as a memorial before God. In other words, God was hearing his prayers. God was seeing his gifts to the poor. That's what is meant by alms. God was seeing it as an offering coming up before him. 
you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that speaks about the bowls of incense in heaven. And that is representative of the prayers of the saints. When our prayers go up, God records, God listens. Okay, God is attentive to our prayers. He hears us. And I know for some of us, we are often discouraged to pray because we feel like God is not listening. Because we feel like when we do pray, like we're praying against the ceiling, like we are praying and we don't receive a response immediately. But that's where I want to encourage you, church. May that change for us in this prayer and fasting season. Just go at it the way you would develop a new habit. Start one day at a time. Don't freak out and think, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this for 21 days. Just focus on today. Okay, that, that helped me when I first started to build some of these spiritual disciplines in my life. Okay, read, read that portion of John every morning or every evening, whatever works in your family. And then pray. Start with one minute. Start with five minutes. Write down if that helps you. Take scripture. Pray scripture back to the Lord. There are so many different ways that we can pray. Okay, and I just want to encourage you, like Cornelius, he was praying to God always, but then one day God answered him with angelic activity and said to him that he's been listening all along. That is powerful. And so then Peter, when we read further in Acts 10 verse 9, he went up to the rooftop to pray. Just like Jesus showed us in his ministry, he always went up on a mountain to be in solitude to pray, to talk to his father, because that's what prayer really is, church. Prayer is not this religious exercise that we do. It's just talking to our Father, okay? God wants you not to have, you know, these ridiculous languages and you have to speak and thou art King James language. No, you just come to the Lord as you are, okay? That's why Jesus died for us to have access to come to the throne boldly. And we just bring our heart to Him. He knows what's going on in there anyways. But He wants you to talk to Him and He wants to talk back to you. Amen. And so then we go on and they continue to grow. Um, and people will continue to be filled by the Spirit as they were praying. And then Peter got arrested in Acts 12 and he was thrown into prison. And the Bible says in Acts 12 verse 5 that the church was constantly praying for him when he was thrown into prison. And then in response to the constant prayer of the church, God sends an angel to release and open up the prison doors for Peter to walk out. And when he returned to Mary's house, it says in Acts 12 verse 12, he returned to Mary's house and they were still praying. <laughs> they didn't even know that God had already answered their prayer. And sometimes I believe we're in that place where, you know, never underestimate what's happening when you pray. You might be praying right now, but God has already sent an angel for your deliverance. God has already sent an angel to minister to your spouse. God has already sent an angel to bring and release forth that breakthrough, that open door that you need to open. Because that's the season we are in. It's a season of promises being fulfilled. But we need to stay and prepare in the place of prayer. And they were astonished, the Bible says, at the miracle. And there are many more examples. In Acts 13, you read about Paul um, or Saul um, and Barnabas who were prepared for the work of the ministry and they were being prayed into and released off. And you can go and read, you know, more in the book of Acts and really everywhere in the Bible. You can just Google the word prayers or scriptures about prayer and you will find so much if you want to do a study on that. And I just want to encourage you in that church. 
God has given us a mandate. God has given us all these prophetic words. But what he wants us to do is go back to the upper room and petition for it, which means we need to keep asking. We need to keep pursuing him in this season. He's going to be the one that brings the breakthrough. He's going to be the one that restores, that heals, that delivers, that gives that breakthrough. Our job is to pursue him and his kingdom. And his job is to do that. So I really want to encourage you, don't pull back in this season. Push forward. When Johannes spoke a few weeks ago, he spoke that word when we had an in-person gathering. He spoke about taking back your authority. And he spoke about that scripture where we need to pursue the kingdom. We need to take it by force. Amen. So this is your time, church. This is my time. This is our time. And we want to encourage you as a church. We are always going to be a church of prayer. We are going to be devoted to prayer. And we want to invite you as part of our fast. Join us. We've got, as a church, we've got a WhatsApp group where we are going to be sharing daily prayer points. We are going to be sharing daily scripture to help you and to guide you if you're not sure what to pray. And um, if you are not part of that church group, this is particularly for our church community here in Vintuk, then let us know and we will add you. Okay. We also want to invite you. We are going to have regular times where we pray for our church this coming Wednesday night on the 9th of September. We are going to have Zoom prayer night. Okay. If we have a lockdown um, curfew of eight o'clock, then we are going to get together from our homes on Zoom and we are going to pray from seven to eight o'clock. Johannes and I are going to lead it and uh, we are going to pray together as a church community. You don't have to pray out loud. You can just come and lend your faith, lend your heart and be present as we pray. And so we will communicate more of that on our news group. And I want to encourage you with this scripture. You can grab your communion as we get ready to, to close the service or the word this morning. But I want to read to you Luke 11. And I want to encourage you that prayer is not just for the super Christian. Prayer is for every son and daughter of the King. And let's read through Luke 11 verse 1 to 4 and 9 to 10. As you just prepare your communion as well. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield into temptation. And in verse 9, he continues and he says, And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So church, I want to encourage you again. Don't give up in this season. And as we just receive our communion together this morning, I want to pray for each and every one of you. Why don't you receive the bread with me this morning? So we just go into this moment of prayer. Amen. You may receive the bread.
and you can receive the juice and I'm going to pray for us afterward. Oh Lord, we just, we are just so blessed, Father, even through technology to be able to come just into your presence this morning. And Father, I just want to thank you for your presence. I want to thank you, Jesus, for who you are. And I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are God with us on this earth. And Father, I just want to come and I want to present to you this morning our church, the mandate and the mission you've given to us. And Lord, we just want to ask as a body together, as a community together, to come and that your kingdom will come, Lord, and that you would have your way. Lord, thank you for this mandate you gave your highness, Father, for us to go into this place of a preparation in prayer. 21 days of fasting and praying and pursuing you, pursuing your voice, pursuing your presence, pursuing your wisdom and guidance in this season for us corporately as a church community, but also for our nation and for us as individuals, for our families, for our schools, for our government, Lord, for our economy and for our businesses, for everything in this nation, Father, that you want to use for your glory, for the kingdom of God. And Father, I want to thank you this morning as we just received communion this morning. Thank you for your sending your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that you took on our behalf. Thank you for the bread that was broken for us, your body that was broken for us, so that we can receive your healing, so that we can receive your restoration. And so in the season of fasting, Lord, that we can receive the bread of your word and that we can feed on you, that we can feed in the spirit. And Lord, we thank you for your blood that was shed for us. We thank you for your blood that represents, as you say in your word in Luke, Lord, that your blood represents the new covenant with us, Lord. That through your blood, we have new power. New wine has been poured out in us, Lord. And that we have been cleansed from our sins, cleansed of unrighteousness. We are free to walk in freedom with you, Lord. We are free to walk in victory. And we can rise up in our authority, Lord. And we can, through the veil that was torn on the day of the cross, Lord, we can now have access to the throne of the King. And we can come boldly before the throne of grace. And we can bring our requests before you, Lord. And we can pray and we can speak freely with you, Lord, knowing that you will answer us, knowing that you look at us through the eyes and through the lens of Jesus. And we can come as we are, Lord. And Father, I just want to thank you for this season. I pray that you would raise up Joshua's in this generation, Lord. And Father, as you speak to Johannes and we follow his leadership in this season, Father, as you take us through this pandemic, as you take us through how it was prophesied an unrest in the globe, Lord, we will rise up through this victoriously. We will walk by faith and not by sight. We will spend our time in the war room. We will pray. We will be people of the word. We will devote ourselves to prayer and we will watch you do it as we stay in the upper room, in the place of prayer, as we prepare ourselves for this wave that you keep telling us about, for the harvest that you have prepared us for, Lord. 
So I pray that we will be a people of prayer. I pray that you will open our spiritual eyes and ears, that we may see you, that we may hear your voice clearer than ever before, Lord. We cannot afford to be distracted by the world right now. Lord, we need you. We are desperate for you in this season. Lord, I pray a blessing and the protection of the blood of Jesus over every family represented here in our community, over every person watching, over every person listening to the sound of my voice. We just pray your blessing over them. We pray your protection. We pray an increase in your spirit, Lord, an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in every home, an increase of the angelic activity. And I pray that in this time of fasting, Lord, that we will shift things in the supernatural, that we will experience more of you, more of your kingdom than ever before. And we want to say, just like Jesus prayed, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, I am already fired up. And so I pray that you are too. And um, again, church, please stay in contact with us. Let us know if we can pray for you. Let us know if there's something that you really need to shift in this season. Whatever it is, it can be anything in your life. And um, watch our WhatsApp group, our news group for our prayer points. Um, if you go and listen to Johannes' message, there are specific things, five clear things he felt the Lord pointed out for us as a corporate community to pray and to pursue God for. And um, we just pray a blessing over your fast for the next 14 days. And we are so excited to see what God is going to do. And we love you and we pray you have a wonderful Sunday in Jesus' name. Bye-bye.